Welcome, Welcome to Adventures of Therapy! And I'm Barrett. Hello. Uh, this is Adventures of Therapy. So if anyone's new is joining us, we are just two chicks in LA that go to therapy. We're definitely not therapists. We just have gotten some pretty cool psychological terms, uh, just information that we wanted to share because it was really helpful in both of our lives. And we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> anyway, even if we didn't have a podcast. We figured rather than pushing therapy onto our family and friends, we could just push it onto all of our <laughs> podcast listeners. <laughs> exactly. And we're also trying to take the stigmatism out of therapy so that this can be more of an overall, everyone. Yeah. Start. An open conversation about therapy and mental health and it is not something to be shameful for or, or shameful about. Nope. Nope. So, today's episode, Barrett, what is it? It is about empathy. <laughs> yeah, empathy is like our favorite subject ever. It's very dear to our hearts. It's so dense. It is. It's we, a big subject. It's a huge subject. And we keep trying to mull it over in our brains to fully understand the depth of empathy. Yeah. Because it is... I mean, you can have an idea of what empathy means, but then to actually practice it is like a whole nother thing. <laughs> and to be like, yes. oh shit, that was not that was not empathetic. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So this is just kind of like beginning of empathy. There's we could talk for a million hours. Ever. And I definitely don't know everything about it, but No. Yeah. But yeah, this is kinda of like this is kind of like an intro to empathy in a way. Um, yeah, definitely. And we thought we'd start with a quiz. Uh, to It's by Dr. Orloff. It is from a book called The Empath Survival Guide. Um, and we, there was, there's about 15 or 14, 15 questions that kind of go, that are, they're pretty vague. I mean, they're not, they're, they're broad. Big. They're broad. <laughs> yeah, some are like, if you answer no to all these, you're probably a sociopath. But again, you might not be. You might be a total empath. <laughs> Right, so this isn't like for sure you are or aren't, but I thought it was a pretty interesting quiz, and we will take it with you. Yeah. So if you're in your car, just tally the yeses. Yeah, just count your yeses. Um, and yeah, that's that's the name of the game. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Question number one. You read. In your life, have you been labeled overly shy, sensitive, or introverted? Barrett? No. <laughs> nope. Um, maybe sensitive, but I'm going to say no for the most part. I'm not very introverted or shy. Okay. Two. Do you frequently get overwhelmed or anxious? Yes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Do arguments or yelling make you ill? Double yes. Yes. That was a good, that a good one? noise. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. Oh, I hate arguments. So do I. And I hate yelling. Mm. I wish, you know, I wish I liked it more. <laughs> Why? Because some people. Like confrontation? Yeah. Some people, even my mom today on the phone, she goes, I was looking for a fight. And I was like, oh, <laughs> damn, girl. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, when you have confrontation, right, I guess you're taking action. And then maybe something could potentially be resolved. Or you could grow from that. So maybe that, is that what you mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's. 
I just, yeah, I shy away from it. I'm not, I don't so love it. So do I. Yeah. All right. Four, do you often feel like you don't fit in? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even though that's kind of, I feel like our friends would probably say no, no, but yeah, I do feel like that quite often. I feel like that. Are you drained by crowds and need alone time to revive yourself? Yes. Yep. Are you overstimulated by noise, odors, and nonstop talkers? (laughs) So noise, odors, and nonstop talkers are in the same sentence, which is hilarious because I'm sure there could be just one that you might... That's Not funny. Like. Noise, odors, and nonstop talkers. <laughs> All of your senses. But yeah, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer taking your own car places? I do. I don't care. So no. Yeah, you've never... You're like the <laughs> chauffeur type of girl. <laughs> Except you've gotten well, much better when at When I was 16, like a few months in, I got I totaled my car. I hit a tree. So I just, I've never been, like, a huge fan of driving. Now I actually really like driving because I like listening to my music, listening to podcasts, but I don't need to drive. Huh. Do you become suffocated by intimate relationships? You know, that's something that I've actually, I've worked on in therapy. I think I'm getting better at, but yes, I would say. Yeah, I think it, I think it really depends on what type of intimate relationship, like, if, if I feel like they're being succubuses, then yeah. Um, actually, I, this is something that I've gotten a lot better with too. Do you become suffocated by intimate relationships? I could see yes. like a few years ago yeah. saying yet. Yeah. Same, but, but come I, a long way. we have come a long way. That's a hard one. Do you startle easily? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Ugh. Low pain threshold. Yes. Horrible pain threshold. <laughs> Horrible low pain threshold. Uh, react strongly to caffeine or medication. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Barrett is, uh, reacts very strongly to caffeine. If she doesn't have it or if she does. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. And I absolutely do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pain meds too. Just like, oh my god. Yeah. All right. Do you absorb people's stress, emotions, or symptoms? symptom thing's really interesting. That is interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really wish I didn't. Same. Um, you read. Are you overwhelmed by multitasking? 100%. Yes. No one should ever multitask. Constantly, and I agree. It's, I mean, I guess you might have to. You yeah. Know, people have busy lives now, right? Yeah. But, I get ooh. nothing done. So much anxiety, and I also, yeah, when I don't put my full energy in, I suck. Me too. Do you replenish yourself in nature? Ooh. Yes. yes. And, oh, oh that's that was it. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so those are about 14 questions. If you answered, what do you think, more than half? Well, Dr. Dr. Orloff, yeah, I mean, Dr. Orloff was pretty much, like, if you if you answered, now who am I to say, like, three quarters or more, <laughs> but Dr. Orloff did say if you, if you answered three quarters or more, then you're most likely an empath. Again, they are quite broad questions. They are very broad questions, but most likely are three quarters of the way. Cool. Um, So what, you know, what exactly is an empath? I think the easiest definition would be an emotional sponge. Um, If you're very intuitive, open and connected to the world around you. So if you take on other stuff, yeah, the emotional sponge. That really says it all, right? Yeah. 
do you, and and some people it can be really draining but it also can be a really powerful and incredible uh can, you can connect to others and the world around you much easier and naturally if you're empathetic right for relationships and, and say you were like a salesman you would want to know what they wanted so by understanding other people this could work in your career relationships love life friendships everything yeah it's you have a much um, stronger connection to the world around you if you're able to um, ha- show empathy. Yes. Um, and so last, our last episode was about mirroring, which is like the baby of the baby empathy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a technique. Um, I guess is it a technique? Well, it, yeah, right. It's a well, yeah. mirroring is a technique, right? That a baby learns empathy. Right, and through yeah, through mirroring, you learn empathy. So. Everyone has mirror neurons, uh, and then kids, they have all these mirror neurons that are basically blank because they're learning from their surroundings. So they are like the most, the biggest emotional sponge. Oh, like, that's kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah, they suck up everything. But well, that's how they learn empathy, through mirroring. It's why I love kids so much, because they show no judgment, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like they, they, don't, they don't have right. the... They don't have necessarily, or whatever they're feeling is right on their face. But they're, but I don't really feel super judged by kids. No, totally. Um, I, but I feel like they're empathetic. So being empathetic really is, I think, something to be proud of. Yeah. You know? And it's something that, now, everyone is born with uh, an empathetic threshold, right? But you can, mm. it's something that can be learned. I don't, I now I'm not sure, like, about sociopaths if they have you know like mind hunter and all those right through like the typical brain though it is you are able to learn empathy yeah and it's it is um it's a practice like you can you can learn it if you don't feel like you have a capacity for a lot of empathy it's something that you can absolutely learn um and I think something that people get really confused is sympathy versus empathy. And mm. this is something like you learn the difference in fifth grade. It's like on your writing test, like your EOGs or something. Honestly, though, I didn't really know the difference until I took the Imagine Life acting class. And they like really explained it to you. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it now. Or therapy. In therapy, therapy, too. too I did For sure. Yeah, therapy in our acting class really hammers the nail in with, <laughs> with empathy. It does. Uh, so sympathy is feeling of concern or care for someone about something that happened. So it's not a shared perspective. You're not seeing them in yourself, basically. You're just understand. Is it understanding where they're coming from? So there's like sympathy cards, right? So someone's husband dies, and it's like my my deepest sympathies. You know that that's a really sad situation, but you're not sharing their perspective. Is that a good example? Yeah. I think so. That okay. sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so cool. And so empathy empathy is your ability to understand and experience someone else's emotions and feelings. So you feel into or through an experience that is shared with you. And this can be through another person. I, love this. I know yeah. you do. Another person. You can you can feel it through a novel, a movie, a piece of art, or even a stranger, even an animal. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, your scope of humanity is really seen through <sighs> your scope of empathy. Oh my god, what a great I sh- word. I stole that. Where? From really? the imagined life. Diana Cass. Oh my gosh, scope is a great word. Oh, yes it is. This is another thing from imagined yeah. life. Empathy is not seeing yourself in others, but seeing others in yourself. Okay, so I'll say it one more time because I think it's really important. Empathy is not seeing yourself in others, but seeing others in yourself. So knowing that if you were maybe in those circumstances that someone else is going through, that homeless man on the street, that, I don't know, something like that, that you could actually be there if you had those circumstances. Or if your circumstances were just, yeah, if you had those, is it? do you have to have the same circumstances or it's, if your circumstances were different? that could potentially be you. Well, I think it's just understanding their circumstances. Maybe not, you don't have to live through it, which is a great way also to find empathy is to really think about their circumstances. Yeah. But to, it's a shared perspective of what they're going through. Like so really it. trying to understand what's going on um, that led them to that place. So there's another thing. Um, there's this this uh, theory about Cleopatra's bathwater, which Ooh. we also got from oh my the gosh. Imagined Life. Wow! This is, thank you. Yeah, thank you, The Imagined Life. <laughs> um, any actors out there looking for a new class? It's quite something. Um, anyways, do you want to take over Cleopatra's bathwater? It's basically it's the idea that that. Um, Cleopatra, way back in the Egyptian days, took a bath. (laughs) (laughs) She did take a bath. (laughs) But the whole idea is that our bodies are made up of how 90-something percent water, Mm -hmm. 70-something percent water. So the idea, and water is a recycled, recycled, it's a recycled, Liquid. It's, it's a recycled. It's a. It's a. You know, reduced. It's a cycle. It's a. Isn't it recycled? It's recycled, and it's it's in a closed container. The, no, you know what I'm talking about. Oh shoot, guys, I lost it. Basically, the water sticks around for life, right? Right. It's it's always there. So Cleopatra. It just gets recycled. Bathwater is basically stating that. We are all connected. This water that flowed back then is still in our world today, and somehow we are connected to that. So somehow we are connected to every living thing. So everything can affect each human being on any given day. Yes. Thank you. Did that? Mm-hmm. I think so. If you don't get it, just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't get it, look it up. <laughs> Okay, so think about your relationships now. Did you grow up in an empathetic household or uh, maybe a sympathetic household? So basically, were your parents always putting their own perspective on you? I mean, parents, they've lived a lot longer than you, right? And they think they know what's best, which is pretty, I think, can be pretty typical. Or are they more holding space for you to try to understand the world yourself? Yep which would be more of an empathetic way of viewing a child. Yeah, so there's there's the sympathetic way, which was, like, what you kind of said first. Yeah. Like, being like, you know what, kind of putting, yeah, kind of saying, okay, you know, this is what's going on, but this is kind of what's right. 
Yep. Because they want what's best for you. Yeah. Then there's the empathetic way, which could be you could be marching to the beat of your own drum, something that they would never, ever do, but they look at you and they say, okay, I'm going to hold this space for you because you are your own, you are your own human being. And, you know, if you, if you, I think that you would make the best dentist <laughs> um, in the world, but if you want to go off and be an oceanographer and make nothing <laughs> with your life and swim with dolphins and that sounds like it sounds awesome but you know it could be and there's so many reasons like maybe maybe your parents are afraid of afraid of the ocean and so you want <sighs> you wanting to be an oceanographer they're putting in them not they're wanting their own they're stuff, on, their you. Own stuff yes. on top of you Ooh, yes and so but empathy comes in if you can find empathy for your parents because at some point you do realize, like, oh, they are just humans. And they're Flawed, just trying wonderful to humans. Or help you by giving you their life lessons. Like, when they're putting stuff onto you, it's because, like, oh, no. They, you know, they think they know the way, which they have had a lot of experience. I'm thinking, man, it'd be really hard to just hold space for someone, you know, when you think, like, oh, my God, if you go down this road, you're never going to make any money. I totally, I can see that perspective yeah why my parents may not have you know wanted me to do something yeah and it makes sense and then there's also an an ascetic household which ascetic is kind of one of my favorite words that I learned in therapy um so the definition is characterized by or suggesting the practice of severe discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. Now, it doesn't have to be religious reasons at all, but it's more of like um, uh, thinking, kind of keeping yourself, like, yeah, severe self-discipline, like keeping yourself small or not indulging in um, excitement or always, you know, are there those people that... If you're like, oh my God, congratulations! You got this, um, this opportunity, and you got this, you got this, uh, this co-star in a in a TV show, and I think an example of that would be like, yeah, it's no big deal, or mm-hmm. not in, not saying, oh my God, thank you so much, like that, yeah, it's a, you know, it's no big deal, or not celebrating and not, it's just it's a different, or if you're told you're too loud or you're obnoxious or and so you yeah that stuff stays with you it stays with you yeah and you become kind of small and then a lot of that stuff becomes repressed so just because you're not allowed to be loud and obnoxious doesn't mean it doesn't live within you right so it subconsciously comes out in different ways so when people or parents put their stuff on kids it affects you in the long term majorly because all that stuff that you weren't supposed to do doesn't just go away. It lives somewhere in you and it will come out in a different way. That's why it's so important to have empathy, especially with children, you know, because this has a lot to do with where they, how they grow up, how they view themselves and how big they become in the world. Because you're right, an ascetic household will completely, has the ability to make a person very small because there's so many rules right yes yeah and when there's so many rules how can you be Be, big yeah be big. (laughs) how can you be yourself or just be yourself in that matter and I think when someone's not themselves uh when they don't know themselves 
which is something I, I think I work through in therapy too, is finding myself. It's, it's, um, shit, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. I feel, I'm following you. Oh, good. Yeah. When you don't know yourself, it's harder to make decisions in the world. And then if you feel like you're making decisions for other people, mm-hmm. and that can cause anxiety. That can cause oh, a, a plethora of, of emotions. It's also hard to move forward when mm. you don't really know what decisions you're, as you get older, what decisions you're making. If you start to question, why am I making these decisions? And that's kind of where therapy comes in, which is one of the things I've, I've thought has been so great about going to therapy is that... Although it's kind of uncomfortable and (laughs) definitely uncomfortable, and you're like, "Oh my god, am I doing that? Why am I making this decision? Or like, why did I think this way? You know? Because you are a sponge, and you soak up other people's things if it's put on you. Everyone is constantly putting things on you, and you're probably putting things on other other people. people. That is, yeah. So look at yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Look at yourself. but, I'm sure I do. Constantly. I, but it's it's so funny because we were just talking about this. We were, I was texting with a girlfriend who is frustrated with um, trying to find somebody, and I know like it's coming for her, but it's it's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. But it's hard to not put your own your own crap on like what I've experienced going through dating, and but our our experiences are completely different. Yeah. It's not the same thing, you know? Right. And, like, when you're in a relationship and say you you get broken up with, and I'm like, hey, oh, I just want ice cream right now. Like, a response I probably wouldn't want would be something like... Um, there's a million. But, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Last time I got broken up with, all I wanted to eat... Well, actually, but is, would that be all I... Would that be empathy if you if you're talking about food and then I go to talk about food or I make it about myself? No, if you make it about yourself, that's not empathy. So, so if, yeah. So yeah, so you're like, all I want is ice cream right now. I'm like, well, oh my god, last time I got broken up with, I didn't eat a fucking thing. Like, breaking up is the best skinny diet ever. <laughs> you should probably try to not eat. Right. So I this just is why not empathy is important because it's important for relationships so someone doesn't <laughs> put their stuff on you instead of really just listening and hearing you out. Because when you're going through a breakup or whatever it is, you don't really want someone else experience. The worst <laughs> is when, when you're so upset over someone. Although you may be trying to help, by the way. Which, yeah, you probably are trying to help. I'm That's sure like your way. Yeah. It's like, oh, I understand. It's like... Get over it. <laughs> it's like when I made you the crybaby CD. I was trying to be empathetic. I, well, I actually, I thought it was really sweet. I mean, the name is hilarious. One time I got broken up with and Barrett made me a CD called Crybaby. <laughs> no, actually, but she was joking. It was a joke, but the song She did cry really, a lot. I did fucking, I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> so I get it. Um, but no, the songs were really sweet, and it was a really, really sweet gesture. It's just the name was fucking that's hilarious. Funny. But I mean, we've all cried a lot. Like I've literally been found crying naked on the floor, like by Megan. Who found, found me, you actually. naked? Yeah, oh, Megan okay. found okay. me, and Annie found me. Was, was this two different times? No, they, this was it two. Di- I don't know. It, this this one was the same time, and I was just naked, crying on the floor. I couldn't even get myself up, and it was so pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. Why was it pathetic? Because, it's good to cry. Yeah, I guess it is, but it just wasn't 
just men, men, you know? Yeah. But that's, so then, so what, okay, you, your friend brought up something really interesting about the more he learns about empathy. The, it's, the less you feel like you need to actually A lot of times respond. what you want to do is, I think you're trying to help, you know, by problem solving or say, like, you know, man, today I'm just having a really bad day. And then someone may say, well, you know, at least your family's healthy and the sky is blue and shining sun, blah, blah, blah. They put um, what dominant culture, like their own perspective onto it and that isn't always helpful so sometimes the most helpful thing is really just to listen and mirror that you are listening because I think what we all want is to be seen and to be heard that's really all I could ask for what about you yeah I mean I think I don't know I think that's I think the more you learn about, I think the more you learn about empathy, the more I try to be empathetic, the less I feel like there is to say. Mm. Yeah, well, that's basically what this person said. Right? It's more about listening. It's more about listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't agree. Because who, well, okay, here's a, yeah, this is an example. So um, when people try to, um, not that when people don't want to share their baby names. Oh, this is a great example. Yeah. And this is like a mirror thing. You know, you've got, you're thinking of a name that you're going to name a child that you're creating. It's not anyone else's child, (laughs) nor does it matter, nor why, what is it about someone that they're like, I want to name my child Olivia. And someone goes to say, ugh, don't name your child Olivia. It's like the number one ranked name on, on Google right now. Or it's, it's, ugh. you know, or it's, ew, well, my aunt's name was Olivia and I freaking hated her and she smelled like mustard. And yeah, just putting their stuff on putting their on stuff you. on top of this name that has nothing has to do nothing with to, any of those things. Nothing to do with. Or their life. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a perfect example of like when they take something, you take a name and they're, they're what they have um, associated the name with, they put onto yours. And that's actually a really good example of what's yeah, not empathy. Yeah, totally. I think the best, rea- the best way... It's just, yeah, it's just not any of your business, but you could support the person, you know, and creating a life that they want to create. Yeah. And then mirror back and make them feel better. That's, like, tough. (laughs) Yes. It's definitely tough. I think another great thing that empathy does is to help you understand yourself better even because Mm -hmm. empathy is all of these shared human emotions when you can understand how someone else can go through that you can kind of understand how you could go through that right these are all just human experiences that we are all capable of living through and we ultimately all want the same things absolutely a connection the love there's i mean acceptance acceptance yeah love yeah when if you think about in your life like who 
who is super empathetic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because I also find that I end up asking, sometimes I end up going for, who do you, who do you ask advice for mostly? Do you ask the person from, yeah, the, you, do you ask the people who you know are going to come from an empathetic place or do you masochist yourself and go to somebody, (laughs) are you a masochist and go to someone who you know is going to come from not, not an empathetic place? That's a good question because I'm trying to answer truthfully. I ask you for advice a lot, and I know you come from an empathetic place. I ask, like, when I talk to a therapist or David, which is my um, fiancé, that's not coming from a bad – but sometimes I actually want help problem-solving, and then that is a different situation, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, problem-solving isn't always necessarily – a bad thing. A bad thing coming from somewhere that's, like, not quite empathetic. My a great problem solver. So is mine. <laughs> I'm like, if I want to get beat up sometimes, I go right to my mother. <laughs> but sometimes I got real helpful information, but too. she comes, I mean, the stuff she says, I'm like, look, you, you've got yourself a damn good point right there. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm like, oh, woman. You've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, I feel like our both of our boyfriends are pretty empathetic, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. He, Andrew is, um, so he, when I'm anxious and chaotic, it's just, a, it's just all over the place. And Andrew, he's, he's quiet and he cleans. Like when I'm, when I'm feeling neurotic or antsy or I'm, you know, he just doesn't say a word and he just starts picking things up or building something that we were talking about getting done or, um, and when I, when I try to tell him, I've tried to tell him several times that, and express my gratitude that, Mm, that he just listens and cleans. Like he doesn't ever try to fix my problems. Yeah. Um, but I know he's listening and like he, his way of showing you he's listening yeah, and he hears you. Yeah, it's his way. And, he, you know, he's like, oh, well, I just don't really know what to say sometimes. And I'm like, well, that's ex- you know exactly what to say, which is nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, so he ends up getting rid of the physical clutter around me so that my mind can declutter. And then we can go back. I can go back to being a normal, functioning human being and not mm. a psychopath. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Dave does it too, though. Yeah, he's great. He uses, like, my my I guess my love language when I'm feeling disconnected from him instead of again you know problem solving he would show some sort of like one time he got us tickets to go visit my brother in Austin when I was I needed like that deep connection not only with him but with someone I loved like my brother so instead of talking about it and be like well then maybe reach out more and like make those connections he did something about it and been like hey let's go on a trip together to make those deep connections so I knew he was really listening and empathizing with what I was saying so your love language if you guys there's um oh yeah there's a book and another quiz we love quizzes. I guess we love quizzes. We do. I love but quizzes. It's, it's, um, how Andrew doesn't do you... like quizzes. Andrew... Like, don't put me in a box. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you can't put me in a box. And I'm like, just just put yourself in a box. Put it makes things box, so then. much easier. <laughs> um, but it's how you give love and how you receive love. And it can be the same or they can be different. But how do you... What's yours? Uh, time and then also acts of... Service. service. Yeah. That's how you receive love, right? That's how I receive love, okay. yeah. Okay. How do you give love? Time and physical touch. Yeah. 
Yeah. How about you? Um, I think I receive, I give love definitely by time and physical touch. And then I receive love. Twins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So true. My soulmate. I receive, I think I receive love through, I think, I think maybe the same. I think physical touch and time. Oh, the same. I think so, yeah. Okay. I, I yeah. don't think acts of service. Maybe, maybe acts of service. I can't quite remember. But it's a fun quiz. You guys can look it up online. There's like how many different? To five. Be, there is five. I've never taken the quiz. I just, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that. Anyway. I'm 100% sure that's what yours are too. Like, <laughs> But it's pretty obvious, it, right? It's so yeah. obvious. Yeah. It is so obvious. Um, yeah, so maybe look around the people that that in your life who show empathy towards you and maybe thank them. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Thank them. Yeah, thank them. Yeah, empathy can be everywhere. It's it's a service. It can do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And again, like in careers, it can do a lot too, right? When you understand the person that you're you're trying to make a deal with or marketing to, you're able to better communicate with them. Or if you're managing people, you need Ooh, yes. some serious empathy. I mean, if you make a good manager, like Erica, our girlfriend Erica. Oh, yeah. She's a manager. She'd be the best manager. Yeah, but she's so, she just oozes empathy, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Um, in a strong, powerful way. Yeah. But, it, so, yeah. There's also places that lack empathy, a.k.a. government establishments, like the DMV, you could be waiting in line all day, you get to the front, and then someone cuts you and they don't care. It's There's, like, actually been a lot of articles written on how the government is extremely unempathetic. Empathetic. Or if you call and you get, a um, like, another em- unempathetic situation is if you're calling, you know, like, Time Warner Cable and you have to go through a million automated responses... If you notice how, like, your anxiety levels start to rise because you can't speak with somebody on the phone to actually talk about what it is you need to discuss, mm-hmm. it's just them not mirroring back your needs. Mm. Um, That's frustrating. It's so frustrating. And as a society, it can do a lot of harm yeah. when you don't feel like you're seen. Yeah. It makes you angry and then harder to communicate. Uh, yeah. There's that. Also, ooh, movies. I know, leaving this one for you, babies are a great way to help improve your empathy through storytelling. You're able to use your mirror neurons uh, to where you believe you're in the situation that's on the screen. So you could watch a movie of someone who was really badly beaten as a child, and you weren't badly beaten as a child, but watching those circumstances unfold on the screen, you most likely, hopefully, will feel something for that, (laughs) which is you feeling empathy. So when you understand that other person, you're able to understand the world as a whole. So we can create a more compassionate world that is easier and more joyful to live in by understanding the people around us and empathizing. Did so why why do you love to act? <laughs> Is it fair? You put me on the spot. I did. <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons, but to to walk in someone else's shoe, it's it, it's 
another way to not only understand the world, but to understand yourself, to make human connections, to feel truly alive. Yeah. To feel, to me, feels like being alive. So I guess empathy, finding the empathy is a big part of why I like to do it. Right? Yeah. By becoming closer to the world around me. Yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons, to be honest. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think, well, kind of like what you just said, what you were talking about with watching movies, I think it's for ex- you, kind of what you said about walking in someone else's shoes. It's like having new experiences. You're such an adventurer. Yeah. I just, I crave that so much. And there's oh, something about, even, even just when you're, even just when you're on set and you're acting and like your whole life and that you're all, you're just in a totally different, in a totally different reality. And it's, it's, and it's, it's so real, you know, which is why I feel like it's such a crazy thing because actors, you know, they go off and live on set for a couple months and they come back to their like quote unquote real life but what was going on in Vancouver or Albuquerque is that not real or it's real you know and you're just and you are you are stepping into a different situation of a different of a human being that is yourself yeah you're expanding your world yes which is why traveling is so incredible too for empathy oh god yeah oh yeah i'm telling you because we didn't grow up traveling a ton we we drove places but we had like a big family and so i didn't really we didn't get i didn't get out of the country until um i did not leave the country until i think um i was in college that's right actually before not college. that abnormal for americans maybe not because it's such a big country. Especially, yeah, I mean, we both grew up in like the Midwest. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of like a lot of my friends and I both we drove a lot of places. Yeah, or we did get on the plane, but to California to visit family. Yeah, but until I started traveling, we thank God when I moved to Los Angeles and this job that I started, we traveled. We started traveling around the world, and you just start meeting all these people. Every single time I come back, I just have a whole new perspective of life, and it's hands down the most influential thing that I think has it's so powerful yeah because you see the way other people live and you so many new viewpoints yeah and perspectives yeah oh yeah didn't even think about traveling really I know I didn't think about that one um yeah so it's all you know then there's also people who are super 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 empathetic and you may need to start putting up some some, some boundaries. boundaries yeah there's a lot of emotional vampires or energy vampires who will suck the energy out of you so you have to watch out for them and so if you're an empath that's something that definitely can happen because you're an emotional sponge and you take on your surroundings and you can also like pick out your friends who are super empathetic or not empathetic for that that's a fun little experiment to do too like kind of watch how they react to other people or the the energy in a room when you walk into the room or you know if they it's just (laughs) 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 and look at yourself too are you an energy sucker yeah are you a vampire do you like make everything about yourself there's a lot of you out there (laughs) not you and us I'm not saying there's a lot of energy vampires out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So maybe pick a person in your life 
who you have a hard time showing empathy to. It could be your next door neighbor who's a hoarder. And just take a second before you react to whatever it is. And we're not judging you if you're a hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) We're not judging you if you're a hoarder. Um, And think about what could have what could have potentially led them there? Yeah. And how could you be there? Yeah. So if you feel disenchanted with the way our world is right now, you can make a difference starting right now. You can practice empathy. Practice it every day. It can be a struggle. It can be freaking exhausting. But the empathetic you will be single-handedly making the world a better, a better place. place. <laughs> It is true. It can be super exhausting. And you'll make, and everyone makes mistakes. I mean, I just go back to my text and I'm like, was that the most empathetic thing I could have said right there if I had to say something? Yeah. Yeah. We all do it. We do. Yeah. But that's our, that's our, that's our episode, our empathy. Empathy 101. Thanks for listening. So we do, we do still have the um, book club. Oh yeah. But we haven't, (laughs) it's, it is Goddesses in Every Woman, and the author is Jean Shinoda Bolin. Um, and so, if you're, if Great you're, book. In, yeah, if you're into reading, hop on. And I think in the next couple episodes, we're gonna start going over the book. So, yes. Woo! Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Therapy is cool. Therapy is cool. What? What? Therapy is cool. Therapy is cool. Yeah. Yeah.